They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are... Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling! the two-man power trip of wrestling and today's episode is brought to you empowered by tagmeadate.com because wrestling night is now date night my name is chad and as always i'm joined by my tag team partner the man of the hour he is the beautiful one. Oh wait i'm sorry that's our guest he is prime time pause prime time how are you buddy hey yo doing pretty 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 good. How you doing, buddy? So I called you the beautiful one. I think I used this same exact gag uh, earlier in the two-man power trip of wrestling's run to describe the filmmaker who did a documentary about our guest today, and that is the man himself, the beautiful one, Bobby Eaton. What a great get. So much fun to talk to him. What are your thoughts in reflection of the Bobby Eaton interview? I love talking about, but he's such a soft-spoken guy. It's funny because you know he, he's he's from the south. He's very, you know, I wouldn't say you know he's um, he's quiet, but he's very humble, and you just get that from him. I just keep coming back to that. Just very humble guy. You know, he's very soft-spoken, but he's great when when you you know when you get him going. He's great. Obviously, when you uh, get talking about the Midnight Express and Jim Cornette, that, that's absolutely great. But it, it's funny when you really think about Bobby Eaton, why I was, like, dying to get him on the bit and why I, I love having him on. Because for years, it's just, like, one guy that always sticks out. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that I could say are very underrated, but there's one guy that sticks out above all the most underrated, underappreciated wrestler of all time. I would say Bobby Eaton just because he's such a damn good worker that if anybody wants to be a wrestler, just watch this guy, learn from him, study him. He is unbelievable in the ring. Yeah, and I totally think that that's a universal thought amongst the hardcores and the guys who are actually in the business and when they're training and and watching and when you're studying the craft and the art of how to work in the ring. Bobby Eaton is the guy, and we've talked about it before with Ricky Morton, and we brought it up to Bobby Eaton, but Stone Cold Steve Austin puts him over like crazy on the Steve Austin podcast uh, that he's the go-to guy when you want to watch uh, just uh, like I said, a master of his craft at work, and using the word humble is so great to describe him because we talked to Terrence Ward, who is currently, I believe they're still working on the finishing touches of the beautiful one, the Bobby Eaton movie. We spoke with him a few months back that is available in the archive of the two-man power trip of wrestling on iTunes and all other places that John will share with you later. But uh, we spoke with him, and that was the main thing, was getting over how humble he was, how nice he was. But he's also, he loves, you know, talking about the, the old times, and we definitely get him going on a couple of cool topics. Uh, of course, the Midnight Express, how can you not? And uh, we talked scaffolds, we talked to road warriors, we talked to rock and roll, we talked everything. But uh, I don't know, what, what stands out to you the most? I mean, it's uh, not even, uh, I guess... From the, let's go with the tag team perspective. What stands out to you from what, what we were talking about in regards to the Midnight Express? Well, so many things really stand out, especially the few with the Midnight Express. Obviously, anybody that wants to know anything about tag team wrestling, the greatest tag team rivalry of all time is probably the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express. It's unbelievable matches, and it's great to get not only as we've gotten in the past Ricky Moore's opinion on it, but from the other side of the spectrum to get Bobby Eaton's uh, perspective on him, which was great, but I also did love, which we did put a clip of it on YouTube, I did love uh, what he thought about the scaffold match and how, uh, you know, he basically was like, you know, there's not much to do up there, and, and it's just them and the road warriors, the crowd kind of wasn't into it until somebody falls off the scaffold, because it's such a small thing to really be able to wrestle and work on it, it's kind of dangerous if you fall, 
So that's a very, very interesting story uh, from the tag team aspect. But from another aspect, something I was just thinking of was uh, War Games 92, we were talking about the Dangerous Alliance against Sting Squadron, and we were talking about how awesome that match was. It's a five-star match that Dave Meltzer, uh, Wrestling Observer, and his star rating. And basically, the finish is when Zabisco takes the uh, the metal rod from the turnbuckle and nails him in the shoulder, and Sting taps him out, and uh, that's the end of the match. But the funny, interesting thing about it is that he actually did end up getting hurt from it. Yeah, it's crazy because uh, it was the way you asked it was so perfect, and I think we were just kind of uh, looking to hear you know his take on the match and the finality of uh, you know the angle. But for him to say actually. Uh, you know, did get hurt from it. It was, uh, caught, I think it caught you off guard because uh, I don't think that was something I was really ever aware of, but he's also, he's so good, <laughs> you know, that he sells it so well yeah. that, yep. you know, you, you could either take the hook or you can, uh, you know, just, uh, I guess, believe the guy's actually hurt. But, uh, yeah, that was that definitely stood out. Um, the clip you discussed that's on YouTube, talking about the Road Warriors and the scaffold match, that was my favorite part because uh, it is such a head-scratcher, you know, how you get into those matches. I mean, they're, it's a spectacle, especially for 1986, you know, the Skywalkers, all that stuff. It's, uh, it was definitely a spectacle for back then. But what about a singles run? And we, and we did talk about with Terrence Ward, as funny as it is, that his – favorite time of Bobby Eaton was when he first got into him, and that was with the Blue Bloods. But what about Bobby Eaton's singles run? And uh, if you look back, go watch the tapes, go find some matches. Uh, again, he did it all and uh, on his own. Yeah, there's so many good Bobby Eaton matches, singles-wise. I mean, he was a television champion for a time in WCW, and he really, really had a great run. I mean, remember his matches against Arn Anderson, Steve Austin, so on and so forth. The one match that Really, uh, even Sting, uh, I love when they would fight too, but um, one match really sticked out, and we talked about it with Bobby. Two out of three falls, him versus Flair, class to the champion. Just awesome, awesome stuff. And obviously, Flair is one of the best of all time, and then you throw Eat in there. It's just uh, just basically two guys that you know are just going to have an awesome match. Yes, completely agree. It was uh, very awesome. I really stress uh, that everybody supports Bobby Eaton and the Bobby Eaton movie when it comes out. Terrence Ward, go download that episode and take a listen to what he had to say. You can find him on Facebook by searching the Bobby Eaton movie out, the beautiful one. Now, before we head on down the road and get to the Bobby Eaton interview, we just want to go over one more time that today's episode is brought to you by tagmeadate.com. And, of course, wrestling night is now date night. And with today's sponsor, TagMeADate.com, they have a brand new special offer just for our listeners only. And you can take advantage of these by getting three months free when you sign up at TagMeADate.com. So initially, it's only a month free, but just for our listeners, it's going to be three months free. So what you've got to do is you've got to shout out TagMeADate on Twitter or TagMeADate on Facebook and your one month free becomes three, please support them. It's a great site. It's very innovative. It's very cool, John. I know you've got a little something to say about it. Yes, this just in. You can create your own promo video to be the first thing others see on your profile on the site. Along with a picture, you have the option to create a short promo video about yourself. Tell those potential matches who you are by showcasing that personality of yours. Do you have the mic skills to compete? Create a lifetime tag team partner with that someone special. Now, your lifetime tag team partner, I'm sure you could nestle up with a nice little pillow, possibly a wrestling buddy uh, for your hardcores. And what, what would be your go-to Bobby Eaton match to throw on on a romantic night, courtesy of tagmeadate.com and the three months free that you're going to get by signing up as being a listener of the two-man power trip? But what's your go-to Bobby Eaton tag team match? Hmm. I I don't know. I, I'm thinking right now. For some reason, I'm thinking about uh, was it Capital Combat? I'm thinking of them against the uh, the Southern Boys, the Midnight Express versus Southern Boys. I don't know. That's uh, that's uh, sticking out to me right now. I believe I believe that's the match. 
uh, that one is really, really sticking out to me right now. That That is a go-to for me. Great match. Now, will you break out your beautiful Bobby Eaton uh, WCW uh, figure? The uh, Or, excuse me, the... Um, was it the Blue Bloods figure that they uh, they had for Bobby Eaton? Earl Robert Eaton. Earl Robert Eaton. Sorry, <laughs> escaped my mind. Yes, you break you break that out. Sit down with your wrestling buddy. Watch watch Capital Combat '90, and there you go. Tagmeadate.com. Get three months free when you sign up. Give them a shout out on Facebook. Give them a shout out on Twitter. Let them know you heard it on Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling, and now Prime Time. Please tell the fine folks where they can find everything there is to know about the two-man power trip. Yes, before I get into any two-man power trip business, I just want to say Dill Wilkes, the man behind the mask, the documentary that was uh, put out there by Michael Elliott on Kickstarter, has officially been funded. But you can keep donating to get one of the great prizes that are uh, there for you. All you got to do is donate some money, and you have a chance for a mask. A flag, some autographs, some 8x10s, and of course, the great documentary, the great DVD by Michael Elliott and Elbow Productions. Seek out Del Wilkes on Kickstarter. That's Del Wilkes behind the mask, and we're very excited about it because we are the executive producer of this project, and we really, really want to see this thing go straight through the roof. So please go to kickstarter.com and check out Del the Patriot Wilkes. Now to some two-man power trip of wrestling business. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. It's very simple. Two-man power trip. Watch one of the videos, maybe even the new one we just put out of Bobby Eaton talking about the scaffold match against the Road Warriors. And you'll see two-man power trip. You'll see a subscribe button. Click on it. Boom. You're subscribed. It's that easy. Also, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, like us on Facebook. That is Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling on Facebook. Please like us there. Also, on the Twitter machine, you can follow us at Wrestling Talent at Two Man Power Trip. That is the Twitter machine. Also, check out the website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. And on that beautiful, lovely website, you will see on the upper left-hand corner a link for Bombas. Yes, we're back in the sock business. We love Bombas. Borderline obsessively socks. The only socks that we wear. They're so comfortable. I wear them running. I wear them walking. I wear them to work. I love the Bombas. So they are the greatest sock of all time. I want you to enjoy it too. So please use our link on the website, upper left-hand corner. You'll see Bombas. And do yourself a favor. Buy a great pair of socks. Now, without any further ado, I send it to one of my favorite episodes because he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. The most underrated wrestler ever. The most underappreciated wrestler I think ever. Just pure, for the pure, excuse me, for the pure fact that he is such a damn good worker. He is very humble, very soft-spoken, the beautiful one, Bobby Eaton. Please enjoy. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's our sincere pleasure. And, you know, it's funny, since we started this show, everybody that we've talked to, it all comes back to Bobby Eaton in some way or another. Everybody who respects you and admires your work. And actually, one of the guys we've had on was Terrence Ward, who is working on the Beautiful One documentary. And how has that experience been for you in working with Terrence and getting that all taken care of? Well, I... I like Terrence. I met him out after in uh, Arkansas, out in, uh, outside of Jonesville. Okay. But I like Terrence. Uh, I hadn't talked to him in a while. Yeah. He was really pumped about that documentary, and we spoke to him probably, I'd say about six or seven weeks ago, and you could tell in his voice, you know, his admiration that he has for you. And, and ironically, you were one of the first guys. Now, he's actually... Now, he's a little bit younger than John and I, and his first memories of Bobby Eaton was with the Blue Bloods, which, you know, it's kind of funny because John and I are, we're, you know, watching scaffold matches when we're kids, and, you know, he remembers you from the Blue Bloods. But his admiration for you right out of the gate was so telling. And did you see working with him that he was such, like, a fan of yours? He, he was always uh, respectful to me, you know. 
you know, stuff like that. But I mean, I didn't know that he was that big of a fan, you know. And then finally he moved out to where I was living at, uh, and we, you know, we talked. We had a couple of road trips together. We got a bunch of mutual friends, you know. So, but yeah, but I, I didn't, I didn't think I was that big of a, you know, influence on him. No, you totally were, and it was, you could tell, I mean, we spoke for a good hour with him, and uh, as we were going on, you know, he was just, he was telling us some of the, you know, some of the things we can look forward to in the documentary, and, uh, you know, and the one thing that always stands out, of course, when you talk about Bobby Eaton is your your work in the ring, and we're going to, you know, get into that with a couple of questions coming up, but, yeah, his, uh, you know, his reflection of his admiration for you is going to turn into a great finished product, and we're looking forward to seeing it just as much as everybody else. Well, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I know he's, in, he, he's enthused about wrestling, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, we're here. John, you're up. Yep. Sorry about that. Um, okay. The phone, phone cut out there for a second. Sorry. Um, I was just curious, Bobby. I'm a, I'm a longtime fan, but how did you actually get into the wrestling business? I was just a, a, a a uh, fan growing up, you know, uh, uh, in Alabama, uh, I, uh, I met I met a couple of guys that I knew that uh, they started putting the ring up there in in, in Huntsville, Alabama. So I I was a uh, you know I wanted to, I, I always like always like wrestling, but you know I was a I'm a big sports fan, so. You know, get started putting. You know, of course, they want me to help the ring up because I do all the work. You know, mm-hmm. so yep. like out here with Brian. Uh, <laughs> now, but I, but I was, I was like to, you know, uh, uh, wrestling, and and I like pro football, and I like baseball, and I like basketball. I throw hockey in there if you want to. You know. Yep, definitely. Now, after you were uh, building the rings, and, and you know, obviously you're a big fan. How did you get into the training aspect? Who trained you? The, well, the most the most person I can tell you about is, is a guy named Tojo Yamamoto, who um, who um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Oh yeah, big at but big in Memphis. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was big all over there in the, in the south, you know. And we became we became friends, you know. He uh, he he's one of the, he's one of them guys that um, if he didn't like you, you, you know, wouldn't you know? Cause he, he he was a big heel, big heel there in the south. You know, I was kind of scared of him, to be honest with you. you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. So he but but he took a liking to me and taught me the ropes. He's probably the most influential that him and. A guy named Gypsy Joe. Well, Tojo was the most of, most one that um, but took me, you know, try to spark me up if there's a, if they can. If they can spark me up, finally he did it, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, you made your debut in, I believe it was 1976. Where did you debut? Was it Tennessee? Well, it was a ter- that, that territory, Tennessee, Alabama, you know, Kentucky and everything. But uh, he, um, <clears throat> he, um, told the one took me to the side and, and took a liking to me, cause he didn't like a lot of people. And back then, back back then, a lot of a lot of the older guys didn't want want younger guys in the business. They didn't want them in there. But 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 in my case, uh. By putting the ring up, helping putting the ring up. Now I was still uh, 15 years old or whatever, but some guy didn't show up. So this, and, and they said, "Well, we need somebody." Of course, the, you know, I was so glad to go in. I was scared to death, but I wasn't. I wasn't in the ring, you know. So, but but the Tojo was Tojo was such a good friend of mine. So taught me so much. Now, eventually, through your career. You know, you obviously you had a tremendous career in the ring. But one thing that really, really sticks out in your career, and I'm sure you hear this, you know, a million times, 
is when you became a part of the Midnight Express. Yeah. What are your What are your feelings on you know with the teaming up with Loverboy, Dennis, and teaming up with Jim Cornette as your manager? Oh, I, I, I loved it. I loved that. Um, I was well. I knew I, I knew them both. Uh, Dennis is a fellow Alabamian, so you know. And then, and Corny, Cornette, I, I I knew him. I worked for his mom up in Louisville, Kentucky. But I was I was real glad to to to, to be able to team up and start out a, a maybe you know what's become I guess a long a long journey as a Midnight Express, you know, as a team. Now you were Bobby Eaton. And obviously, when you joined the Midnight Express, you became beautiful, Bobby Eaton. How did you like that nickname? Do you think it was <laughs> fitting for you? Oh yeah, of course. Have you seen me? You know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, yeah, you, know, you know that's not that's not the truth, then. No, no, I, I, that that that, um, that 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 name that that name came from. Um, from um, if you go in, if you ever, if you can, if you go from from Tennessee to Alabama, walk across. Uh, Alabama. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got you. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just keep breaking up. And, but if you go from across the line, state line, Mississippi, to Alabama, Tennessee to Alabama, it's it, the sign says Alabama the beautiful. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Now, I'll still don't think I'm beautiful. I don't think that at all. <laughs> but it is a great nickname. It does go well, you know, for you. And obviously it worked well for your career. Um, but your manager obviously was Jim Cornette. Is he as crazy and eccentric behind the scenes as he was in front of the camera? It says, please. I'm, hey. I'm sorry. What, say, say one more that, time. Okay. Uh, was Jimmy Cornette as crazy, you know, as he was behind the scenes, as he was in front of the camera? Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you just get part of the action, you know, from him. If you see him just in front of the screen, yeah. Uh, Jim Cornette. Was, I mean, he was a manager of 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 Dennis and me first, and whatever, but. You know, we were in Louisiana. We had a lot of heat on us, and he got he got beat up and hit behind in Louisiana. You know, with bottles of you know whatever whiskey or whatever it was, you know, and he, it made it it kind of made him into a crazy guy. He turned into a nut, you know. <laughs> but 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 he but but he's a he's a good friend of mine. And but he's a smart guy. He's a smart, real smart guy. So we. I don't know how to explain it to you unless you're in that situation, you know. Yeah, I got you. Now, another one of your tag partners, infamously part of the Midnight Express, was Sweet Stan Lane. What are your thoughts on Stan, and uh, how did you like teaming with him? I love I love Stan Lane. Uh, he uh, he 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 brought a good addition to the team. He he brought more showmanship to the team. You know, Dennis and me were more like rugged, like, oh, okay, we're going to kick your butt. And Stan was more like, you know, getting us some women, you know, whatever the hell, you know. Yep. Would, did you like Stan better as a tag team partner, or did you like uh, Dennis better? Uh, <laughs> I like both of them the same. <laughs> That's I'm a great answer. answer. <laughs> Now, me personally, I, I you say I might. Close. You get close to that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Me personally, I'd probably go with Stan, maybe tiny bit of an edge, just for that, that showmanship factor. And uh, I think you guys had those awesome uh, tights when you and Stan were together. You know, the, the matching tights that you guys had were great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stan definitely brought the showmanship to the to the team. You know, and, and I mean that's just the way he is. You know, but uh, and I liked it. I liked it, but I, you know, 
there had to be somebody to bring it to because I couldn't bring it to him, you know. I couldn't dance or sing or whatever the heck, you know. And, but we, you know, yeah, we did, we dressed more like, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and today, I mean, you know, if you look back and you think about some of your most notable feuds, and I, I got to go right to the Rock and Roll Express, and I know even today you still face the Rock and Roll Express every so often on, a, on an indie shot. But what are your memories of working with the Rock and Roll Express? Good memories. Very good memories. I was I, I was friends with them guys uh, before I ever knew Dennis or Stan. You know? All right. You know? But, from, uh, when, from when you broke in? I, well, when I, I, I broke in, Rick, Rick, uh, Rick Morton's father was a... Uh, Referee, a full-time referee there, and, and for uh, for Nick Gulas, Jerry Jarrett, and everything. Yeah, well, I was I was friends with with with, um, with uh, Ricky, you know, and and Robert and his brother Ricky Gibson, you know, for for a long time, you know. Just oh. waiting waiting for a break. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what was going to come. What did you think about the dynamic between you two guys? Because it was such a natural feud. What do you think drew you guys to each other? Just knowing each other, trusting each other. The main thing was trusting each other. Uh, knowing, you know, don't, don't, don't hurt each other. And, you know, and, and they need how to work. Right. Oh, they say I need. They say I need other work, but I don't know for sure about that. You know, <laughs> we yeah. had to get we had to get down together. We we had a great time. And then there's so many other teams to go through that you you definitely had notable feuds with. But the one that stands out, another one to me is uh, the Road Warriors, and we all know the scaffold match, where unfortunately Mr. Cornette might have felt the large brunt of it. But what are your memories of the scaffold match against the Road Warriors? Well, okay, yeah, Tim did feel a blunt of that, but he didn't feel no further than than, than Dennis and me, you know. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, true. <laughs> <laughs> How is it being up so, on top of that thing and looking down? I didn't like it. I didn't. I, I didn't like it at all. To be honest with you, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, who would like it? Who would like to uh, fall off a damn scaffold? Or and being up there with the road the warriors. Ball? Being up there with them guys, <laughs> I was, you know, I was I was there uh, my, a couple of times. You know, that's when they first started saying the, the boring, boring. You know, when they they didn't like what how it was going. But it's a boring match. You can't do nothing up there. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not like you can take a bump and go out of the ring or whatever. You know? Right, you got to hold on and just kind of throw some punches, and you know everybody's kind of tilting their head up. But it's the <laughs> the whole look of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you 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 got to sell the heel. I mean, the baby face. You sell them, and then then um, and then and then some. You know, but you can only go. You you don't have much room up there. And it's not right. like you got to. You know, you don't have a lot of room to walk around. Right. Yeah. But and how about also saving it for a big show? And obviously, you pull out a scaffold match; it's going to draw the people. And do you remember the build-ups for those shows? And 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 what you know, what really was bringing them in was was a stipulation like that. I think I think the build the, the start of the things uh, is uh, that 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 we we do something where they could. It was almost like leading up to a cage match where they couldn't. They couldn't find us. We just kept running us, running us, and we we'd run out, you know, run out of ring, you know, and and needed a cage match. Then it started up where you know uh, I'd do something to them, where I come off the top rope or something on one of them, or Dennis held them, or or Stan held them. I'm not sure exactly how that started. I don't know how that right. started. Hopefully. You got to definitely watch it back oh, well, to uh, understand. <laughs> Uh, I wish it never had started. Damn. <laughs> you know. now, did you have any notable injuries that came out of any of those matches? Just probably a couple of strange, uh, um, sprained ankles, you know, and, and 
little sprained knees and whatever, you know, I just, I was just real careful. Well, I tried to be as careful as I could. Right. You know, it was, it was hard. It was, it was hard to, you know, I, I mean, you can only say, you know, I was, I remember holding on to animal's leg. And, you know, it was, <laughs> you know, it was, you know, I said, like, let me hold on to your leg while I try to fall off here. Give wow. people a little because there's no excitement to it besides, I mean, they wanted to see you get dropped off on top of your head, the people did. But, I, you know, it, that's definitely not going to happen. Right. I don't think. But thank God for the Road Warriors and rock and roll. Um, but, yeah, it was just, you know, it's just a hard thing to, to try to come up with a come, come up with a spot to do things with, you know? Right. Yeah. What was it like working with the Road Warriors? Did you, did you enjoy your time working with those big, huge, scary yeah. guys? Yeah, I sure did, yeah. I, I really enjoyed them, uh, you know, because they, they, they knew they really weren't the world, Road Warriors. You know, they, you know, as far as when they come back down to put, you know, let let, let us beat them up a little bit, you know. Um, we, we beat them up. And, 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 but, I mean, it wasn't like you beat up the Rock and Roll Express. You're not going right. to do that. So, I mean, and it, I wouldn't try to do that thing anyway because it would kill them off if they, if, they, if they let you do them like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed working with both of them, Animal Hall, and, 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 and Paul Ellerman was a big influence, too, you know. He was, so his two six sports in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Were they oh. stiff in the ring, those guys? No, not really. To me, they wouldn't. I mean, they, hopefully, they'd learn how to work a little bit more by the end. You know, shoot. You know, I don't you know. They they were they're just so much bigger than me. So, uh, uh, yeah, they, were, they wouldn't have. Uh, now, another. Oh, I'm sorry to get you up there. Another. Uh, oh, Go ahead. Uh, oh, okay. Another feud you guys had, um, another tag team just comes to mind always when you think of the Midnight Express. Very underrated team was the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers. What was your thoughts on working with them? Do you have fond memories of working with those guys? Yeah, it was great. It was great working with them. Uh, I knew Bobby, uh, knew Bobby, uh, and Bobby knew both of them before they came to Fantastics, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they, uh, you know, they, you know, after we got, to, after we were starting to get, because we worked with, after Rock and Roll in Louisiana, we were fantastic, and we worked with the fantastic in, uh, for Jim Crockett promotion. And, uh, uh, no, it was, it was easy to work with them. They were great, great workers. But I love working with both of them. Now, another feud you guys had, kind of a surprising feud, because these guys came in with Paul E. Dangerously, kind of almost out of nowhere, but they're uh, guys from your past. The original Midnight Express, it was Condry and Randy Rose and uh, you know, going up against Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. What were your yeah. thoughts about that cool feud? It was the original Midnight versus the new Midnight's. Well, uh, uh... I was, Dusty and I were, we were talking, and we, we were kind of lining up, up together for a new a new thing for us. The corner when it was lining up, and uh, yeah, it was, it was it was it was it was okay. It was good, you know. Uh, it was a, a natural little angle, you know. Mhm. Yep. So, but um, but uh, but uh, I. It was just a it seemed like a, like a short angle. Then now they get men that Paul Lee. got Paul Lee. Or Paul, the main thing was to get Paul Lee over and Cornet. Cornet over with with um. To, you know the main thing they worked together. Cornet and Paul Lee. You know. You know. Yeah, even though they really Yep, definitely. A big part of that feud was uh, you know Cornet with you guys and Paul Lee with them, and basically turning you guys' face and turning 
Ali and the original Midnight into big time heels. Yeah, yeah. But that wasn't the intention to put, put, make him the big big heel as far as, you know, because that, that was a short thing, to, and they were probably going to be gone. You know, well, Zenith left anyway after that, you know. Yep, that's true. Yeah, he ended up leaving. I believe Jack Victory, I think, ended up replacing Jack Victory, him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Whatever happened to him? You know what's going on with him? No, I haven't actually heard too much about Jack Victory. Now that you say it, I'm going to have to look him up and see what he's been up to lately, yeah. I mean, I know, obviously, you know, 10, 15 years ago or so, he was – actually, it was over 15 years ago. I mean, he started out in ECW and then worked his way until the final days of ECW. But as far as lately, I'm not sure where Jack Victory is. That's a good he, guy he to just uh, was, locate. I'm sorry. He was just rumored to be brought in as a tour manager for NXT, but I don't know if that ever happened. Yeah, he was a good worker, man. He was a good worker. Yeah. How did you feel about – the Midnight's breaking up, basically around 1990, the Midnight Express, you know, parted ways, and Jim went his own one way, and uh, Stan, and, you know, kind of left you alone in WCW. How did you feel about the breakup of the Midnight Express? I mean, it was just a little, I don't know, you know, of course I I miss my friend, but, you know, uh, you know, they they had enough of, of the corporate, you know, situation there with Jim Hurd and and, and, and uh, CBS, but I had a I had a contract, you know, and uh, and I had kids, you know, and uh, but I mean I, I I missed breaking up with them. I missed them, and, and they understood the situation too, you know. So, but I I, I, I never liked, I always liked I always liked teaming with the corny Cornette and uh, whoever I had with me. Mostly, most of I had Cornette with me. If I had you, that, you know. Yeah, you and what, Jimmy Cornette are, are like a perfect pairing. You putting you guys together. Yeah. No, yeah. we went through a lot of times together. You know, we drove thousands of miles of of of, of talking about different moves. You know, that, of course he came up with all these damn moves. You know, gave him names. You know, I can. I'm, I'm, I'm like wondering who who come up with the damn thing, you know. He he come up with the double goozle, uh, <laughs> you know, triple clothesline, what the hell. Now you you yourself, I mean, you've innovated so many moves and so many tag team moves. How did you come up with a lot of the moves that you innovated throughout the years? Hmm. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know many of the, the main moves that I came up with. As you know, I I got a lot of spots that I came up with, you know. But as far as you talking about like finishing moves or what? What are you talking about? Yeah, like you know the Vegematic. I mean the um, oh, that, that was Cornette and me. That was that was Cornette and me. We came up with these moves, but but Cornette would come up with a name. Cornette was, was you know we'd help, we'd be going down the road and I'd drive us around, and I you know what if I help this guy this way and. And Stan or Dennis held this guy this other way, and Jim Jim was like, "Cause I never watched Japan tapes, and he he knew about he called them different kind of names, you know, double goozle, you know, all that kind of stuff." You know, I don't, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then there was the the slingshot uh, suplex that you would do, just basically almost uh, like a cool backbreaker that you that you basically invented. I mean, you had a ton of moves. You had the uh, the double flapjack was a great tag team move that you guys did. Yeah, oh yeah, that was a, that was the one we used the most, the flapjack. You know, it was a it was a nice easy move, and it looked good. You know. Yep, awesome move. Do you remember when you obviously Cornette's gone, and now you move on to Paulie Dangerously? Do you remember the fond memories of working? as a part of the Dangerous Alliance with Rick Rude, Steve Austin, Zabisco, and, of course, Arn Anderson? Uh, well, about, about everything was, was good working with them guys. I mean, you got all the good workers, you know. And think, think about it, um, uh, uh, Steve Austin, and I, and not just me, I'm just saying that I'm, I hope everybody knew that, that 
I know this guy was going to be a, some kind of a star. He, he needed he needed something, but they didn't know what to do with him there at TBS. They didn't know what to do with Steve Austin. You know, we, but uh, it was a fun time, Dangerous Alliance. You know, he had four or five guys that, that loved the rest of them. Rick Rude loved them. Rick Rude really loved the rest of them. You know? Yep. You know, so we be in like four man teams, tag teams, single matches, whatever. But we always got involved. You wouldn't, no, nobody going home early. If you go first match, you still have to wait around the end of the night. You know. <laughs> yep. So Rick, uh, Big Rude, and Steamboat has some of the greatest matches I've seen. You know. I totally agree. They were awesome matches, and. Speaking of awesome matches, I remember specifically two out of three falls match that you had. You know, it was a little bit before Dangerous Alliance, but as we're talking about great matches, got to mention, I believe it was a Clash of the Champions. It was you against the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. <laughs> you know who that guy is? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's one of my favorite guys. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I remember that match. I, was, yeah, uh, I think the first one was a two out of, two out of three fall match. Well, we had a couple. We had a couple of either after that or before that. I'm not sure how it worked. But uh, uh, we worked. We did some things uh, on, you know, for Saturday Night TV when I had that. Uh, yeah, it was. You know, he's a good guy to work for. He's my friend. You know. Yeah, you guys. You guys had some great chemistry, and definitely yeah. some great matches. Speaking of also another match, as, as we were talking about the Dangerous Alliance, do you remember the War Games match in 92, Sting Squadron against the Dangerous Alliance? Uh, was that, what was that, what kind of match was that? The War Games. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, I was hurt at dinner time. So is that when he hit me with a, with a, with a, uh, with a sound buckle, stuff like that? Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, I was actually hurt. I was actually hurt on that, uh, uh, that's how the the finish became like that because uh like a week before that before we did the pay per view, I uh, I did something in, on, on the, at uh, TBS uh, in Georgia, Atlanta there, and threw my shoulder out. You know whatever it was I done to a tour. I broke my I broke my collarbone I think or whatever, so I couldn't do nothing besides the, the at the finish of they were. Whoever hit me with a turnbuckle, Larry Zabisco. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 Larry. <laughs> I was sad about that because I couldn't do nothing, you know, on a pay per view, you know. So I was. Well, I thought it was. A, I thought it was a work injury. Apparently, it was. It was a real injury. I, I never knew that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't do. I couldn't do nothing. I'm. I'm I was gonna. Paul, Paul Lee took me to the emergency room afterwards. I, 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 was, I only fell about a, a foot, half a foot maybe, in the ring. But I just landed somehow. I landed wrong, and it just threw my, threw my, it broke my collarbone. You know. Huh. It's a dan- dangerous business, the wrestling business. Yeah. Uh, I know you had mentioned Steve Austin. You said that you know. Basically, Turner didn't know what to do with him, and obviously Vince did, and he be, ended up becoming a huge, huge star. But one thing, one thing he's got going for him right now, he he has a podcast, and on his podcast, I, I would say maybe every episode, he mentions you and he brings you up and says that if you want to be a pro wrestler and you think you're, you know, you have any talent and you, and you want to be a good professional wrestler, you need to study tapes of beautiful Bobby Eaton. Well, it cost me a couple thousand dollars a month, you know, to get him to say that, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, he's a, well, that's not something to say that, but I mean, I'm, I want, I don't know about going, going that far, you know, so. But I do love the wrestling business, you know, and I try to do my best to can to teach others, you know, as I was taught, you know. Yep. Shoot. Yeah. But, uh, but Steve Austin, I couldn't, I I couldn't, you know, when they, they let him go, I'm, I'm like, damn, he's the, because we weren't doing that great anyway at the time. 
that we needed some kind of person, that, and I knew cause Steve Austin worked his butt off. They're trying to do something, you know. But they, you know, I didn't know um, who who else we could have could have had in CB, uh, CBS to to um, to um, become the next world champion. You know, besides the same ones, you know, you got Barry Windham, you got Ric Flair, you got so on, you know. But Steve Austin was a seemed like a natural to me. I I totally agree with that. I mean, they they hundred percent dropped the ball with him on that one. Yeah. Now, something we have, we brought up earlier, just briefly, was when you were in the Blue Bloods. Now it was it was pretty funny thinking you know a guy from uh, from you know from the Deep South is 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 a Blue Blood you know with Lord uh, <laughs> Stephen Regal. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, did you enjoy being Earl Robert Eden? Did you enjoy that angle? Yeah, I love that. One of my favorite time of the year, of, of, of my career, actually. You know, uh, you know, it's so 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 out of, out of character for me. You know, uh, and 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 uh, Steve Regal being with him, well, we were brothers anyway. We were friends. You know, uh, and I, I was just so glad. You know. I mean, that, that spot was, was for somebody, I think it was for, for uh, Triple H. Right, yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 remember, I remember them looking at me when I'm sitting there at the TBS, like, okay, we've got to find somebody to do something with. And of course, I'm, I'm sitting over there like a dork, you know. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> there was nobody eating in there. <laughs> but I'm glad they did, you know, because I enjoyed it. They, and they did, they did, they did more probably promoting that for a while. Yeah, they, they yeah. The interesting part was, you know, the the build up to Regal. Basically, he, he wants to be your partner. You you turn him away. He's trying to make me prop. Hello. Oh, yeah, we're sorry about that. And then you you eventually end up you know joining him, but I just thought it was such an interesting pairing you know to, to put somebody who's you know basically known as, as this guy from the South, great wrestler, with uh, you know this like aristocrat uh, snob gimmick. It was very very funny, very entertaining. Well, that, that's probably one of the funnest times of my career. You know, that when they're trying to make me proper, they. they Trying to trying to get me dressed right, you know, you know, putting put on nice clothes, and they spent a lot of money on that. That's and then after that, part. you kind of you you transitioned a little bit into being a trainer at uh, at the power plant. What are your memories of starting to break some guys in in the power plant? I really. I, I really didn't really care about, not that much about that, but at the time, you know, because um, I was still having to go on the road. I was going, I was doing that, and then I had to, I had to go to, um, had to, go to uh, Vancouver to do the video game, you know. So I, I, I only had like, you know, one day here, then leave. right. You know, so I'm, but but nothing against me, guys. But I had a lot Do you of remember anybody? Time. Yeah, Lance LaRue was one guy I remember. Sergeant, and Sergeant, uh, Larry Lee Parker. And I'm trying to think who else. I wasn't there long. I wasn't even there long at all. Right. Now, if you were going to look back on your career, what would you say your favorite match of all time would be probably probably with a, with a I probably I got a couple probably one of, one of my favorite is uh, with my my friend Coco Ware and Tennessee. I don't think nobody okay. else got seen, seen. You know, I thought we were a good team. You know. Yeah, right. we had. Um, I think who was it? John Mark James was on recently and said that that was his most underrated tag team in the history of Memphis. Right. 
Yes. Yep. So uh, I think that's a great choice. All right. So that's so that that's pretty good. Now, how about uh, who is your favorite opponent? Well, of course, rock and roll. You know. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. No, we hear you. Yep. That rock and roll. That's awesome. And then you already said your favorite tag team partner. But how about how about this one? What's your what was your favorite event that you ever wrestled at? Because, I mean, there's so many awesome supercards in the history of the business. What's your favorite one you ever performed on? Yeah, it's, well, I guess it's got to be Starcade, you know, um, Greensboro and, um, uh, you know, of course, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Atlanta, Georgia. Right. You know. Awesome. Very you know. cool. And then... And I know it's kind of a broad question, but what would you say your lasting legacy would be on the wrestling business? Because everybody, like I said at the start, everybody loves you and respects you, but what do you think your legacy is? Well, I don't know. I, I, I just love the wrestling business. You know, I'm a true fan. I am a true fan. You know, I love the wrestling business. I'm not one of them guys that, Slava and I just say, hey, I don't like the wrestling And if I don't get paid, I hate the wrestling business. You know, <laughs> I'm not like that. You know, I don't like it. I'm not like that. Because they don't, they don't remember where they broke in at. You know, they didn't get paid when they broke in. You know, so I didn't get paid right. when they broke in. But no, I'm I'm, I'm just glad to be, be in the business, you know. Uh, but, uh, but, but uh, you know, I don't know exactly how to answer that question. Because yeah. I, you know, I just uh, you know, and I still love watching and wrestling. And like I said earlier, I'm not I'm not one of these older guys that's become bitter that uh, you know, how come that guy's getting this paid this money? Shoot, I got to pay more money than the guys before me, you know. Yep. So yeah, that's a that's, that's a great point. You know, maybe they're not like the Beverly Hills. They're out with a shotgun looking for me, you know. So what's the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, Bobby, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This has been really, really cool and, and very awesome. Well, We've been dying to get you on. Yeah, thank you. I hope I'm doing okay with you. You know, I'm not good at this stuff. Oh, you trust know. me. You were fantastic. You were beautiful. How about that? 